Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The 11 to 1 show. Are the robots taking over? Should we be concerned about the increased use of AI in our everyday life? More on this very shortly. But first, let's have Bon Jovi living on a prayer. There's Bon Jovi living on a prayer. It's LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. What if I told you it wasn't Bon Jovi, but it was in fact AI pretending to be Bon Jovi? It's not. But it could be. This is a big conversation at the moment. Now, look, AI has contributed to the development of, you know, chatbots, facial recognition programs, targeted advertisement. Like there's so much that AI has contributed to, right? There there are benefits to this and to society. But what if AI also had the potential to not only replace your friendly supermarket cashier or hotel receptionist or even pilot on your plane but they would replace the likes of your favourite artists like Bon Jovi or they would imitate them. They would imitate them. This is what's happening now. A new song created using AI software has been, uh, is out there and it was imitating Canadian singers Drake and The Weeknd. Now it's since been removed I think from streaming devices but it quickly racked up millions of listens because people had no idea that this was in fact AI and not Drake or The Weeknd. So the song Heart on My Sleeve was briefly available on platforms including Spotify, Apple Music before Universal cottoned on to this. Uh, they published both artists by the way. Uh, they uh, say it violates copyrights and asked for its removal. So there's this whole conversation going to start now about how AI is being used and you know there's there's a couple of instances not just in the uh, music world but also in the art world this week as well German artist Boris Eldixson I think is his name his submission to a prestigious photography competition uh, was uh, called uh, the, the Electrician was named winner in the Creative Open category at the Sony World Photography Awards last month but he says he has applied as a cheeky monkey because he wanted to find out whether competitions were prepared for AI images to enter. Now, the image that he has, uh, it's called uh, pseudo, Pseudomnesia, I think it is. Uh, electrician is, is the, the, the name of it, right? And he submitted this and it's a stunning, stunning image. And he won the competition, but he didn't create the image. He says, um, 
to the judges. How many of you knew or suspected that it was AI generated? Something about this doesn't feel quite right, does it? Now, he had told them all along that he was creating the image as part of a collaborative process, but he didn't tell them that he was, in fact, using AI. And uh, yeah... This is very, very interesting now. Uh, going back to the song then by uh, the, the Canadian singers Drake and The Weeknd, which has raked up all these views. Um, this song features artificial intelligence simulating the voices of the two artists trading verses about actor and pop star Selena Gomez, who once dated The Weeknd. So this creator of this uh, song, known as just Ghostwriter, at Ghostwriter, he claims to have used software that was trained on their voices to make the track posting. He says, I used AI to make a Drake song featuring The Weeknd. This is just the beginning. He's added on TikTok. So you're going to have people like him that are just doing this for the crack. Now, the artist in question with the with the photographic image, he was doing it to test the waters to see how prepared people are. I mean, I thought he was going to do it maybe as larger art piece commentary, but no, he seems to basically have just given back his award. Uh, he says uh, members of the photography community have since taken to coin the term promptography to, to describe generating images through AI. And uh, he's, he's a huge collection, by the way, of AI image on, on his uh, website. He says, just as photography replaced Painting in the reproduction of reality, AI will replace photography. Of course, the World Photography Organization said, uh, you know, that they had been informed that it was a co-creation, but he was the director of this piece, but they had no idea that this was kind of, you know, what he was doing. And of course, they have kind of ceased all kind of uh, contact with him now and kind of taken his award and all of that. But it's very interesting how AI has very rapidly infiltrated all of kind of our society and I don't want to be sort of super paranoid about this and like I say I'm not trying to kind of you know diss AI or or anything like that I do think there will be a lot of benefits to it but at what cost as well and also who's regulating this and who's keeping an eye on all of this because songs are out there Drake featuring The Weeknd by the way that's not a thing but AI has created this and it was out in the world for a little while, generating millions of, of uh, listens before that was put a stop to. People are entering fo- prestigious photographic uh, competitions and winning, but they're not actually making the work. So there's a lot, lot on this. And it's a very interesting talking point, I have to say, say. And just given how rapidly this has happened in the last little while, it's food for thought, food for thought. Messages coming in on 086-1800-658 just about the AI situation. Sinead, would you believe it is coming up in the staff room as well? Students are using these chatbots to write essays. I did hear that and I have to say, if I was a student at the moment, I look, at, I'm not going to lie, I would be tempted to go, you know, internet, write me an essay about Hamlet and see what the robot actually uh, turns out, you know, you know. Look, it's happening. It is happening. You know, your kids are upstairs, you know, doing their homework. But are they? Are they using AI instead? Uh, Going back to the um, music situation, by the way, as well. uh, In March, UMG, Universal Music Group, they wrote to streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple and they asked them to block AI services from extracting melodies and lyrics from their copyrighted songs. Uh, That was uh, according to emails that the Financial Times were privy to. Um, So they're saying, you know, 
like with this software out there, you know, it's begging the question, which side of history are stakeholders in the music ecosystems on? Do they want to be on the side of the artists, uh, the fans, the human creative expression or the side of these deep fakes, the fraud? So just watch out out there, you know, for things that might be trickling out there and appearing online in terms of music anyway so far uh, that you might be thinking, oh, that's a great song there with Drake and The Weeknd. No, (laughs) we will tell you here. We will tell you here on LMFM what's the new music, what's not happening in the world, all that sort of stuff. Keep it here. Keep it here. Uh, I do want to tell you about, um, this is lovely, another message coming in on 0861800658. This is coming in from RD and it's Chris and RD. He says, uh, I was chatting to my 17 year old last night, which doesn't happen too often. And she says, Dad, do you want to hear a poem? Now, (laughs) let me just preface all this by saying, this is actually her poem. She didn't use AI for it, okay? Because I've just checked on this as well. Her name is Charlie Miller from RD and I love, I love getting stuff like this and it's called Nature. Here it goes. The woods, the plants, the skies and the seas. We are killing all the animals and especially all the bees. We have a thing called Mother Nature who gives us all the best. The fresh air we breathe in at night, it gives us a rest. You've got the petals of a flower that grow and grow and fall and after a while they decompose to be very, very small. We need to say our planet, the beautiful, the beauty that's within. Sorry, we need to save our planet, the beauty that's within. If we lose our planet, trust me, we will not win. Come and save the trees and our gorgeous, gorgeous nature. If we start now, we can save our future. I'm telling you, it's the young people that are going to help this next generation in terms of uh, climate change and they could teach us a thing or two. That is a brilliantly written poem and it's fantastic. She has a great future ahead of her there. Uh, Chris, you must be very proud but thank you so much for sending that in. Now sticking to the artistic theme I want to give these guys a mention. They uh, sent me in an email uh, to info at lmfm.ie and uh, they say it's the Dunshockland Players. They're an amateur dramatic group. Fantastic. Would I give them a shout out? They are staging their production of The Memory of Water by Sheila Stevenson in the venue theatre in Rathout next week. So Thursday the 27th of April is opening night. It runs all the way until the 30th of April. And it says uh, it's a delightful and witty exploration of family relationships, memory and grief that will leave you both laughing and teary-eyed. It follows three sisters, Theresa, Mary and Catherine. They reunite for their mother's funeral, but their hapless life partners are also dragged along. Each sister has a different memory of their upbringing, providing a hilarious and sometimes heartbreaking insight into their family history. It's a perfect blend of comedy and drama, highly recommended for anybody looking for a nice, thought-provoking, provoking, enjoyable evening. So tickets are available at the venue ratoth.ie. You can get them there and wishing them the very best of luck. They t- head to the stage on the 27th of April. We are heading towards a break, but after that, I got music from Ed Sheeran, and I promise you, it's actually Ed Sheeran. The 11 to 1 show. Now, getting back to the music, here's Ed Sheeran. Loving that one. Latest music from Ed Sheeran. Eyes closed and LMFM's 11 to 1. Our eyes are wide open when we're talking about AI. Sinead, I agree with you. There are many benefits of AI, but the worrying thing for me is that many people can get computer-generated programs to write essays for them. Yeah, do the critical thinking, problem-solving, etc. But when they actually get their degrees and enter into the professions, they don't actually have the ability to think for themselves. Nothing will be ever more important than human interaction and empathy. 
Yes, this is the big thing, isn't it? The ethical side of all of this as well. You know, there's no emotion with regards to, to the AI. You know, they're, they're, they don't have the same, like, well, they're not humans. So they don't have everything, you know, in terms of human emotion, all of that. Uh, we are way too reliant on technology nowadays. Uh, we're taking the lazy way, way around way too much in a rush for everything. If robots take over the world, uh, we, the world would be lazy without purpose. Yeah. No doubt AI can reduce human errors. Yes, you see, this is the thing too, you know. They, they, there's a huge advantage, like there's both sides of this. I see both sides of this. They can reduce human error. Uh, also, they are, you know, helping in terms of, you know, detect cancers and in the health adv- uh, advancement. There's huge strides there, absolutely. I do worry about the repercussions though, ethics, you know, could it wipe out us, making us redundant? Uh, should it be controlled, regulated and in the wrong hands, what would happen? Well, yeah, this is true too. Uh, no doubt, like everything, um, there's positives and negatives. Uh, and it's up to us to use it responsibly says another message as well yes yes uh, I, some of it is John and Pauline are you sure that's Ed Sheeran now and not AI Sheeran uh, yeah no it's definitely Ed Sheeran I can tell you that it's definitely Ed Sheeran well I wish Angela Boylan a very happy birthday uh, she's in Clatterhead and that's coming in from John and Pauline Conlon delighted to do that Angela hope you're having a fantastic day and you know what we're going to dedicate Maria McKee show me heaven just for you Emma Key, show me heaven. We're going to be chatting to our own Maria Macklin very shortly because the fashion industry and the world lost an absolute legend last week, Mary Quant. She died at the age of 93. The woman who popularised the miniskirt. I mean, not only that, her impact on fashion and on women and liberation, everything was just astounding. So we're going to chat to Maria all about Mary Quant next. The 11 to 1 show. People from the fashion industry and admirers around the world are offering words of appreciation for Mary Quant, who sadly died last week at the age of 93. She was such an influential designer. She popularised the miniskirt and other fashion trends of London's swinging 60s and she embodied the major cultural shifts that were taking place at the time, really revolutionising fashion. And she was truly a brilliant female entrepreneur. Joining me now to talk more about her impact on women's fashion and the world is image consultant Maria Macklin. How are you getting on, Maria? Hi, Sinead. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on this. What an icon, Mary Quant, a legend of the fashion industry. This woman not just revolutionised women's clothing, but she really emboldened women, didn't she, through the clothes? She did. And I think that was the thing that, that, that made her different from all of the other designers that went before. Before Mary Quant, it was all about structure, couturier, and you had to embody the place you you, you kept in society. So mm. women were very um, they were they were under they had structured clothes. There wasn't much movement. The fabrics weren't very forgiving, and so comfortable clothing didn't really exist very much. Yeah, because it wasn't it just as you say these kind of uh, very sort of um, tight at the waist sort of skirts and these kind of blue like everything was all very sort of modest as well, wasn't it? Very modest and very stiff. And the thing about Mary Quant was that she didn't want the youngsters to have to dress like their mothers, mm. and they didn't want to have to dress like their mothers. So yeah, she she and and funny, her mother and her father didn't want her to study fashion. Wow. So she, I suppose, she was always a trailblazer. She went to Goldsmiths Art School, 
but she had to study illustration because she wasn't allowed to study fashion. And that's where she met her husband. And she started working with a milliner. But again, the milliner that she worked with, and this was in the mid-50s, mm. she fed, felt a bit old-fashioned and a bit... Uh, she was stuck. She she didn't want to look like a duchess. She didn't yeah. buy into the styles that they were making. So she set up, uh, she, she worked with him and, and they opened a shop. And she Amazing. started putting in clothes that she liked and then she started to make the clothes. <laughs> yes. And like, I mean, for the time, Maria, like, you know, people just didn't sort of do these things. You know, people no. stuck to, the, to their to their station, I suppose, you know, in a way, and, and particularly women. So she really was just so, so incredible. So talk to me about this the shift then in the clothes. As you say, she tapped into that kind of youth consciousness that was going on at the moment. They didn't want to be dressing like ma'am. You know, they wanted to, their own style. So everything became really free it did and, and it wasn't easy for her because pe- people at the time were wearing bowler hats you know this yes. is the time when men were walking around London wearing bowler hats so what she was doing was really in some ways very outrageous so I mean there are there were nine key things that she was responsible for mm. and a lot of it was about liberating women it was the first generation who had access to birth control yes. in England. Not so much here, but in England, they were probably a decade or two ahead of us at that point. Um, and so, therefore, they were able to go and have careers. They were able to plan their families rather than their families just happening to them. And so they needed the clothes to allow them to do all of that. And the first thing she did was she made the mini skirt popular because these women needed to be able to run for the bus. Of course, of course. (laughs) And it became a symbol of both optimism and rebellion because if you wore one, you know, you were taking the skirt up, you were taking your hemline up and you were doing things that hadn't been done before but it became very, very popular. Yes, the mini skirt. I mean, the symbol of rebellion. I mean, I think it still is, Maria. It is. It is. It is. It It can be. Yeah, it can be still a, a symbol of rebellion. Yeah, because I'm doing it my way and yeah. Hell with the rest of you often. She was also the first person to bring in workwear about, and, and her quote is, clothes are a statement about what, what one wants to be. Mm. And so because liberation was at the forefront, she wanted fashion with flexibility. She wanted clothes that enabled the young women to get up and go and do whatever they wanted. And that was a huge thing because workwear was a suit. It was a skirt below your knee, usually mid-length. Um, it was stiff. It was. It didn't allow you to do things, and she felt very hemmed in by all of that. Yeah, and this is where it kind of ties into yourself, Maria, massively. I can see why you have such an appreciation for Mary Quant because that's really your ethos as well about in terms of clothes presenting. What? Who are you to the world? It says so much about what yeah. you you're wearing, and that's what you teach clients. Yes, it's, it's, she, she made space for people to be themselves, very much so. Very much so, and and all of the, all of her clothes don't didn't suit everybody. Yeah, and that's it. You need to, people need to understand that too. But that's okay. She also moved, took the stockings away and moved to tights, and we really don't appreciate the value that that gives us now. But mm. it was a, it it allowed the women to then wear this the signature skirts and dresses because stockings were everywhere. I mean, that's what people wore. You didn't wear tights, but they were there. But she made them accessible. She made them popular, and she made them in lots and lots of colours. 
Yes, vibrant and also sort of the, the, the thick ones as well, which yeah, meant when okay. you were wearing yeah. the, the mini yeah. skirt, you, you know, you were kind of, you were comfortable enough with it as well. And and the big thing as well, which brings me back to something that you are, are, are very passionate about as well is the colour, Maria. Let's talk about the colour. I mean, some of the stuff that she had on these outfits were just so, so bright in stark contrast to like what you were saying, the, the, the older women were wearing, let's say, you know, this kind of 50s kind of style was moving away from that to the colour and that's something that you bring into to, to your work so much as well. Totally. And if you th- if you think back to where, what the 50s was doing, it was the decade after the war. They had come out of the war. There was a depression. Mm. You know, they were getting back on track. Something like we're getting back on track after COVID, but COVID didn't have half the impact that the war had on people. You know, people were decimated. There were, there were, there were it, things were dull. Life was dull. Yeah. <laughs> and the clothes were dull and the colours were dull. So yes, she brought back the colours and put them from top to toe. Yeah. And not everybody's comfortable with that, as I know, because I see it every day. But it gave people permission to do things that they might not otherwise have been, have had, have had access to or thought about doing. And the colours were very, very important to her. Pockets was the other thing. She oh, yeah. And again, we underestimate the value of that. Yeah. But there were, there were, she put them on dresses. She put them everywhere. And again, it was, it was about having a, a modern look, but also having somewhere to put your lipstick and your bus fare home. Yes. And like people, women get excited when they find dresses with pockets, with even pockets. now. <laughs> even now. Yeah. So, so it meant you didn't have to carry a handbag. You know, you yeah. could, your hands were free. And and the freedom with that, it it was it was an expression of freedom as well as its physical freedom. Yeah, so pockets was another one, and then gender fluid clothing. She did yes. that too because yes. she felt that some of the fabrics that were being used for women who have usually curvier architectures than men, physic in physical terms, didn't suit the women. So clothes were often modified from men's fabric, and she took softer fabrics from men's, mostly knitwear, and recreated them for women and used a lot of men's suiting and repurposed it for women because it was usually softer. And that still, I mean, people are thinking that gender fluid clothing is a modern thing. Actually, it was something that she started in the 60s, the boyfriend fit. The boyfriend fit. Yeah, and that's something that we regularly use now in terms of, you know, trousers, jeans, that kind of thing, even slouchy tops, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. No idea about that. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing she did was she brought in Athleisure, which again, people think started with COVID. It didn't. It started with Mary Quant. And she used jersey rather than lycra because it was comfortable. It didn't crease. You didn't have to iron it. Again, think of women's liberation and getting out, out from the home. They didn't want to be sitting behind an ironing board or standing behind an ironing board for hours. She discovered that when she was in the States because she saw houseware. People wore different things in the house and they wore outside of the house. And that wasn't happening in Europe. And so she realised that clothes could be cool and comfortable and started to develop a line of adult size baby grows <laughs> in the 60s. <laughs> I did not know that that goes all the way back there. And yeah. I mean, I can just imagine, I mean, like, talk about the shock with the with the miniskirt, but this, you know, idea of an adult hot baby pants. Yeah, they were like yeah. hot pants. Yeah. Yes, the so hot that, pants yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, is right. So, so she was, she was uh, revolutionary in those terms. She also introduced the skinny rib sweater and the story behind that is she went into a shop and tried on an eight-year-old boy's jumper, mm. liked what she saw and thought, oh, I like this. I'm going to wear one of these and that's what she did and she put it under tunics and pinafores and that was another 60s 
signatures signature for her and that still exists it today. It does, it does and a lot of people it's their go-to isn't it? Yeah. As you say for underneath the likes of the, yeah they're brilliant they really are and yeah. so versatile as well. I mean just the imagination and creativity of this woman knew no bounds it really didn't. Yes and she became a global phenomenon I mean she was really an original influencer mm. everybody around the globe so the Beatles were providing the music Mary Quant was providing the clothes. She also did makeup. She was the first person to introduce waterproof mascara because so you could run for the bus, but you could also shed a tear and still look good. She had flat shoes, which weren't dowdy because prior to that, flat shoes were dowdy, but she had flat shoes because she knew women who worked all day wanted to go out and dance, so they needed flat shoes. So everything was really screaming liberation, let me out, let me free, let me go party, let me enjoy myself. Oh, yeah, what an absolute legend. What an, like, and, and one of the things as well, uh, in terms of the inclusivity side of her was, you know, this idea of age-appropriate clothing. And <laughs> Mary Quant defied all of this because, of course, when, you know, the miniskirt came out, they were like, uh, when they eventually, you know, the, the furore kind of died down, they were I like, don't. OK, that's a, young, that's a young person thing. No, Mary Quant was like, any age can wear the miniskirt. Yeah, I think she was still wearing it in her 90s. Yeah, um, amazing. And, you know, and I always say to you, Sinead, anybody can wear what they want. It's not often your best look, but it's up to you to decide what you want to wear and nobody should judge you for you choosing what to wear. But it's not everybody's best look, so... This is where Maria comes in when it comes to personal styling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So look, at, you know, you've outlined there how much of an impact she's had. I mean, do you think that this impact will continue on long into the future? Oh, no, I have no doubt about it. I mean, it's last that she, she started her career in the mid-50s. We're still talking about her 50 years later, 60 yeah. years later. I have no doubt that, that her legacy lives on. She, she has her little symbol was the daisy. Yes. PVC was one of, one of the fabrics she used a lot. That's still around. And there's still, you can see, if you see an outfit, you can still... It has a Mary Quant vibe and we still yeah. see that everywhere. Absolutely. We, we really do. We really do. Maria, thank you so, so much. All of that information was just fantastic and so, so interesting to learn more about the legendary Mary Quant. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Sinead. Thank you so much. Maria Macklin there. Very, very interesting. And uh, did you own a miniskirt, by the way? Do you have memories of it? Let me know. 86 11 to 1 show. Just a reminder, you can find Maria on social media, Unlocking Your Style. Also, her email is maria.macklin at houseofcolour.com. Now it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1999, the Columbine High School massacre, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold killed 13 people and injured 20 24 others before killing themselves at Columbine High School. And today is National Banana Day, aimed at celebrating bananas in every conceivable sense of the word, because banana is definitely a fruit worth celebrating. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk, and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie.
There's you before the I Got You Babe. News at 12 is approaching, but after that, the Mams Facebook group has been a real lifeline. I meet the founder of Mamas Working 9 to 5 and Beyond. We're going to chat to Sasha Hamrog after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Over 50,000 euro raised by Loud Friends as they ace their fundraising target. More details of that on the way. The, the best, best mix. mix. LMFM. Tyga Whitney Houston Higher Love on LMFM's 11 to 1 I'm going to dedicate that one to Phil and Jerry Bannon 60 years married today have a great day that's coming in from Marie and Audrey 60 years married that is quite the milestone hope you're enjoying your special day somebody else who achieved something uh, of a milestone is the are the loud friends Andrew Keenan he ran across the country from Galway and also golfers Quaylon Rafferty and Owen Murphy. Uh, they played four rounds of golf in one day. They reached their target of €50,000 raised for local charities. They came up with this epic fundraising endeavour in aid of the North Louth Hospice and Do It For Dickie campaign and they were calling it the Ace Challenge and Ace It is in what they did. So they, uh, <laughs> 27-year-old Annie Gaston Carpenter, Andrew Keenan, he had probably the toughest one. The lads were only playing golf. They were having a great time. He had the difficult task of running the 210 kilometres from Galway to Dundalk in just three days and he had a support team with him as well and he he was absolutely brilliant in what he did and the guys all together have raised €50,000 for the charities. They are hoping to get way over that. Um, and if you feel like voting uh, or, or if you feel like donating, their uh, page is still open at the moment. So it's events54.com. That's where you'll find it uh, and all the details are there. But well done to the guys. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max Kane. Freddie Highmore said his experience on Jimmy Kimmel Live was vastly different to his experience on another talk show. Without revealing the name, the actor said that he got thrown into a dark broom closet to avoid a TV host who didn't like seeing guests before interviews. Here's what he told Kimmel. So I was coming backstage with a couple of the producers and they looked up and they saw the host at the end of the corridor and they were really, really scared. And they grabbed me and threw me into the next door that was right there by the hallway and it was a broom closet a dark broom closet and I was there for about a minute and it, they were like these sort of secret service agents on their phone like I'm always are we clear are we clear are they, have they gone have they gone can we can we bring them out your be real posts can now include whatever song or podcast you're listening to on Spotify Spotify says its integration with the company adds another layer of authenticity to the daily posts Lewis Capaldi says that he put every effort into making his Netflix documentary as authentic as possible. The documentary delves into the singer's mental health and experience living with Tourette's. Here's Lewis talking about having cameras around him all the time. I think that's the thing to really, if you really want a sort of broad, like honest portrayal of who you are or whatever, I guess you have to sort of have them around you all the time as as the nature of a documentary and I felt I didn't want it to feel like sometimes I watch people's documentaries and it feels a bit like propaganda (laughs) and I didn't want it to feel like that I wanted it to feel as normal as possible That's the buzz 
I'm Max Kane. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Yes, highly recommend you check out Lewis Capaldi's documentary. It's on Netflix at the moment. An unflinching look, is what I'm going to say, about uh, everything to do with his life and his rise to fame and how he handled with that. Uh, message coming in about the mini skirts. Loved the mini skirt, but always felt you had to wear heels, no matter how uncomfortable they were or how many toes they were strangling. The trend I notice now, though, is most young girls wear them with runners and no apologies. Yes, I love that. And I kind of feel a bit jealous of that as well, because like yourself back in the day, it was kind of you had to kind of, well, mules. Do you remember like mules or the UFO shoes? There was like there was a bit of comfort in them. But there was definitely a platform involved. And then do you remember those big, huge platforms that like the Spice Girls brought into kind of vogue as well? So there was a lot of that going on, a lot of toppling around, <laughs> those kind of things. But I love that now the teenagers are just wearing them with runners. Love it. Cindy Lauper, time after time. From how to wean your baby to your employment rights, it's become a real lifeline for mams. I meet Sasha Hemrogue. She set up the brilliant Facebook page Mamas Working 9 to 5 and Beyond. We'll chat to her next. The 11 to 1 show. Whilst becoming a mum is the best role I've ever taken on, it does come with its fair share of challenges. And unfortunately, our kids are not born with a handy set of instructions attached to them. So like many people, the Facebook mums group or the parenting advice pages have become a godsend. My next guest became a mother for the first time in 2017. And although she enjoyed maternity leave, when it came to coming, when it came to coming back to work, she found juggling career and motherhood a struggle and discovered she was not alone in this. So she took action. She set up the brilliant Facebook group called Mama's Working 9 to 5 and Beyond. I'm delighted to welcome Sasha Hamrogue to 11 to 1. How are you getting on, Sasha? Hi, Sinead. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to have you. Now, being a first-time mum particularly is probably the most overwhelming time for a woman and particularly now there's so much, you know, conflicting information out there. But for me, my mum was and is on speed dial all the time when it comes to advice uh, with particularly about parenting so I can't begin to even imagine uh, the, the situation you were in Sasha you were going through pregnancy and motherhood without your own mother yeah that was the case so um, I got pregnant about eight eight months after my mom passed away um, so both my parents had passed away at that point um, so like you said it doesn't come with a handbook or a guidebook right <laughs> um, so I was you know I was so grateful I have to say so unbelievably grateful when my daughter was born just that she was here and that I had the chance to be a mom um, and I, I was able to navigate that kind of early motherhood with help of friends and family but when it came time to navigate that balance between work and being a mom I felt really out of my depth and I really wanted to see if there were other women out there potentially in similar situation that I was in who needed some guidance some practical advice and I think you know a lot of the parenting groups can be quite divisive because maybe they're more around ideologies about what kind of parent you are. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily what I was looking for. Um, I was really just looking for really practical day-to-day advice as to how to balance it all. Yes, and b- balance it all. Sasha, I mean, this is this is the ongoing struggle, isn't it? I mean, it's it's something that I've been trying to do for, for so long as well. And, you know, you, you talk there a little bit about, you know, the, the different uh, sites that are out there. And my God, there is so much information out there about parenting. It can be so overwhelming. And I used to have a ton of different apps on my phone when I had my second child. And after a while, my husband snatched the phone off me and deleted them all because it was so overwhelming. And it was all kind of... In 
information from faceless people. This is the, the best thing about a page like yours because it's real mams who are literally going through it with you. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I always think the thing I'm so impressed with with this group of women, so there's about, you know, 4,500 of us now uh, on Mamas Working 9 to 5 and Beyond. The thing I'm most impressed with is the level of respect <laughs> that is shown. Yeah. And I know that's not true on all these groups, but the, it's such a respectful place because, honestly, these women think, if you're balancing work and being a mom, like, I'm not going to judge you, however you're doing what you're doing. There's such respect within that. Um, and I think that that's such a, an important part of the puzzle is, People basically saying this isn't easy and everyone's doing it differently. But what are the simple ways that we can share and crowdsource some information that might help us be better parents Mm -hmm. and be better at our jobs and be able to do both of those things? simultaneously while also looking after ourselves. And also, yeah, not beating ourselves up over things that we may have done wrong, absolutely. (laughs) So, So what kind of things then do you find cropping up in the group all the time then? It's really, it's, it's, a fanta- it's a fascinating page because there's so many different things. So obviously employment rights come up a lot, maternity mm-hmm. rights, those types of things, which I think is really interesting that women are coming here to kind of ask other women who have been in positions that they're in if they have any advice on that. And I think that that has been invaluable to a lot of our members. Um, but themes that I have found that are cropping up, especially recently, um, the mental load, which mm. I know some people, <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about, Janine, Oh, I people, do. <laughs> some people um, don't necessarily know what that is, but I suppose it's being the project manager of the family. Um, so although you might not be the one carrying out all the tasks, oftentimes um, moms talk in the group about being the project manager. So being in charge of making sure that everything's on track, that everything's happening, and that can be a really exhausting position to be in. Oh, I'm so um, glad you brought that up because look, at, don't get me wrong. My husband is great. He does help out. He helps wrong though, Sasha. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and what I find most exhausting is, you know, this uh, this thing of, as you say, remembering it all. So, you know, it could be the kids of a bake sale in school. My eldest needs money for her grinds lessons. I need to put that wash on now or there's no uniform ready for tomorrow. And my husband is just blissfully unaware of all this stuff like I mean so it's it's comforting to know that the women in the group are also sharing this same yeah. scenario and how much space do we have in our brain for all that information and we're uh, most women I speak to are carrying all of this the calendar and all of the different yeah. things that have to be done um, around in their brain uh, and it's, it just doesn't leave a lot of time or space to relax you yeah. to think about yourself. And I think it also creates expectations. A lot of things, there's another theme, I suppose, is people talking and women talking about their the expectations they feel that they put on themselves and that the world puts on them to be great at everything mm. and to be high performing at everything that they're doing. So, you know, you can't simultaneously be at home doing homework while you're also at work earning yes. money to make sure that there's food on the table and a roof over everyone's head. So it's really difficult to be doing all of those things well all the time. Um, and so I think the, the idea of being enough and, and, and loving ourselves and being able to say, I am, I am good enough as I am, not perfect, but good enough as I am. So that's definitely another theme that, that comes oh, through. Quite I'm a loving bit. that. I'm loving that, that that is coming through because, you know, with the arrival of social media as well. And, you know, let's be honest, the yummy mummies, we love them as well, but they love to post <laughs> things that make us feel like absolutely crap basically yeah. um, but you know I love that, that 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 level of support is there and this idea that I am enough and we need to say that more we need to say that more as, as women as and as mothers as well and I do love that the, you know the, it's women connecting virtually you know okay but it's this idea of community because I don't know about you Sasha but definitely going back to say you know 
our parents era when they became parents there was much more sense of community there was a much more sense of being able to knock on your neighbour's door and go listen can I run to the shop would you mind the kids for a couple of minutes that's kind of gone it really has Sinead I'm so glad you brought that up because I think you know it's the cliche about the village but it does take a village and whether or not you have that village um, you know in person with you and surrounding you like we did maybe when we were growing up um, if you don't have that, and that has been changing, then creating a virtual village is the next best thing. Um, and I think, you know, like I talk about my mother in the 80s in New York, growing up in New York, and her sister being around the corner and her best friend being down the road, and then being able to support one another and laugh about their mistakes and have that moment of catharsis when they did something wrong or they were they needed a bit of help and they were able to ask for it. I suppose now how that looks for me is, you know, when I was when I was um, maybe breastfeeding my baby mm. in the middle of the night and things aren't going great, and you're not able to sleep or the baby's not sleeping and you're able to text a friend or get on one of these groups and say, I'm really lost right now. I'm not sure what I should do next. I want to, you know, I'm worried about how I'm doing this. I'm worried about how I'm doing that. And someone to reach out and just say, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm with you. And not necessarily having it all the answers, but just showing that level of support. Oh, this it's so important. And for somebody like myself that went through, you know, a real struggle uh, with postnatal depression and there's this idea of you're all alone in this. This is where a group like this can be just vital as well. And like you say, it's just reaching out at that time at night because there'll be somebody there who's going to be up as well. Absolutely yeah. reach out and, and make that connection. It's going to be hugely beneficial for you. Of course. And Sinead, you know, I think I'm glad you brought up postnatal depression. I'm so sorry you went through that. I think that is the, the kind of topics that do come up. And and I think sometimes we were, you know, we were recently talking about self-care mm. um, in the group. And, you know, I was joking on a couple of interviews I've done about how some people think self-care, you know, is face masks or like going for a beauty treatment. <laughs> but <laughs> any mom knows that's not what I'm talking about. I oh, think, no. Um, Can we just pee very... in peace? Like a pee in <laughs> peace would be just... Fantastic. That's the exactly. self I want. You know what I'm saying? It's a little bit of autonomy, you know, <laughs> every once in a while. But, um, you know, that was one of the things that I think um, I found really interesting was when one of the moms posted about that very basic self-care stuff, being able to drink enough water, being able to go to the bathroom on their own, being able to go exercise even at all. And I don't mean exercise. I mean walk, going yeah. outside yeah. for a walk and just basically cutting out any time for themselves, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes or half an hour. And, and just hearing the other women not not scoff at that and say, "My God, you really need to look after yourself better," but actually say, "Oh, absolutely. Here's a here's my hack for how to drink more water during the day without having to go up and down the stairs." I mean, that's the kind of thing that people are sharing within the group. Yeah, and like, there's so many hacks that I could have done with as well in terms of parenting <laughs> hacks. And some people are so amazing with some of the stuff that they think up of and they put them in the group as well. Now, whilst this definitely is not happening in in, in the face group uh, group you have. Uh, you know, and I know that toxic behaviour and all that is not tolerated. That's one of the things that you, you have uh, before people can join up. But you do see a lot of women, uh, particularly those in the public eye, being attacked for their parenting uh, methods. I mean, I'm thinking of Molly May Haig, who's getting lashed online, you know, this kind of stuff. I mean, what's your views on all of that side of things? I mean, I think personally, when I had my second, when I had my son, I um uh, that knocked any kind of judgment out of me. Mm. <laughs> I feel like um, each each person out there is do, is doing their best and should be should be respected for their choices and how they're parenting and what they're doing. And I think oftentimes, if you know, you have to think before you type. Yes. <laughs> and that's something I often think about with our group: is think before you type. Is this relevant to you? Do you need to say something? Do you need to weigh in here? Does this have anything to do with your own? 
situation in your own life. And I think oftentimes taking that breath and taking that moment and saying, this is another person out there in the world trying to do the best that they can, trying to parent. Do I need to weigh in right now? And oftentimes the answer is no, you don't mm-hmm. need to weigh in. Um, in our group, a lot of times it's more of, if you, if you want to send a message of support, to the person, fantastic, do so. That's great. But realistically, if you're there to, you know, maybe judge them or take, take them down a notch or something like that, I just don't see how that's effective in creating community. Yeah, oh, completely, completely. And that's the what's at the core of this community and support and, and being there for one another. And going back to sort of the, the, the thing that you brought up as well about, you know, people asking about employment rights, that kind of thing. You know, in terms of this idea of women and mothers having the, the mental load, do you see... Um, or do you think that employers could be doing more, you know, to support women who are trying to do all this? We're trying to balance career. We're trying to balance, you know, commitment with our children because, you know, like the name of the group suggests, you know, mama is maybe physically working from, say, nine until whatever time in the afternoon. Then they're going off and bringing kids to activities and making a dinner. Then they're coming back to the laptop. I mean, th- that's the reality, really, isn't it? It is the reality. I mean, I was only thinking about it last night. I was so tired. I was, you know, commuting home from work, and then you've got two kids to read to and put to bed, and it mm-hmm. just doesn't. It doesn't stop when you come when you get home. It, it continues, and uh, you know, I was, I'm also so excited to get home to see them. So it's yes. those mix of feelings and emotions that you're going through. But I think, um, I think in in terms of employers, I think it's just really important to start those conversations and talk about don't don't hide the balance that you're trying to mm-hmm. achieve. Don't don't hide the juggle. Talk about the juggle. Talk about it with your co. Workers. Talk about it with your managers. Talk about all the different things that you're trying to keep up in the air. Um, and I think with employers, I think things like being like having um, policies in really easy to find places. Yes. So signposting them in places that people can easily access them without having to necessarily ask someone for them. But they know that there's a place they can go. They can see where all the policies are. They can see all the different benefits that are there for them, supports that are there for them. Because a lot of times people aren't necessarily sure about that. I think if it's in an easily accessible place, that can be a great starting point. Oh, it really is. Oh, Sasha, it's been fantastic chatting to you. I think what you're doing with this page is just absolutely brilliant for people. It really, really is. And I commend you on all the work that you have done with this. It's a, a real, real lifeline, as I mentioned, for women. And I wish you every success with it going forward. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Sinead. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much, Sasha Hamrogue. There's so much interesting discussion. If you need support, it doesn't matter if your children are just born or if they're like 10, 11, 12, teenage years, whatever it is, Mama's Working 9 to 5 and Beyond. That's the name of Sasha's page. The 11 to 1 Show. Back to the music now. Here's Justin Timberlake and LMFM's 11 to 1. He's coming back with a new album. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. I'm getting word on it here from Variety magazine and he's teaming up with Timberlake to do it as well. It's going to be his sixth, I think, sixth album. Yep, yep. And they say it's, uh, what's it sound like? Well, it's going to be fun, Justin. Nothing too heavy, like his last album was a bit heavy. Um, So it's very kind of bop your head, dance to it music. Apparently the album is done and we're going to have to watch this space though because you know these things take time to be released and everything else but there you go Justin Timberlake will be back I'd say this year with new music 
LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. The Valley in Malera requires a full time head chef, competitive salary with bonus offered. To apply, contact John on 087 984 2969 or you can email him John O'Connell Valley in at gmail.com. Sky Handling Partner Dublin Airport are recruiting bus drivers with full D driver's licence required. Apply to jobs at shp.ie. Ganson Building requires project managers, engineers and foremen in the Meath area. To apply, please contact Stephen at ganson.ie. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search the water boys with Fisherman's Blues and LMFM's 11 to 1 getting a message on 0861800658 I'd appreciate if we were able to mention this in the station so Henry Vins and Stephen Riley they are two local lads from the, the county of Louth they are completing a charity rook uh, I'd say it's a run is it maybe from Cork City to Skidmarine in West Cork next Friday so they're going a distance of 50 miles with 60 pounds on their backs they plan to leave Cork around midnight and arrive in Skidmarine 18 hours later they are doing this in aid of Evening's Pink Tie in in memory of a very special young man Ricky Barrett Ricky was a brave 17 year old man who had spent the last six years battling against cancer but sadly passed away last October you can follow along their journey Uh, if you look up 56 60 challenge on Facebook or Instagram they have a GoFundMe live as well for anyone who would like to donate just search the 5060 challenge and support the lands as they rook for Ricky rook for Ricky is what it is um, thank you so much for sending that in and fantastic to see the guys doing something for such an amazing worthy cause so happy to promote that it's not till next Friday so we will mention it again on the show poor Rick Carroll you are in Castle Lane in Dillonstown. something very special is going to happen for you right now next <laughs> The 11 to 1 show. Poor Carol from Castle Lane in Dillonstown. You are celebrating a 60th birthday today. Hope you're having a wonderful day that's coming in from your lovely wife, Denise, children, Keen and Ava, and the three musketeers. We're playing Brian Adams just for you. There's Keen Duck Row finishing out the show with I'll Be Waiting. Thank you so much for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll chat to you tomorrow. Oh. The 11 to 1 show. L-M-F-M. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.